What's up, everyone? Ron Carter here. Another episode of Ecom Billionaires. Um, I haven't done any episodes in like three days, and and I want to kind of uh, I want to kind of go over what I was doing, um, and what's been going on. Like this is just a, an episode to check in with you guys. I'm actually gonna dive into some some shit for my for my personal life. I think it's important, um, especially for anybody who's publishing consistently i feel like we have an obligation it's not even just important we have an obligation to share what's going on with our lives what well, i shouldn't say that <laughs> i should say that i feel like i have not everybody it's up to you <laughs> it depends on what your content is about but my content is about me documenting my experience and um and also helping others, you know, um, helping other people who were trying to do the same thing that I'm doing. And the best way to do that is by documenting my experience, right? Um, along the way every day. So that way you guys, even years from now, if you guys ever want to find out how I got to wherever I got or, or how whatever happened, happened, and that could be good or bad. Um, you know, you guys can get the whole story. So that's the point. Long-term thinking. But anyways, this is a super long intro. Let me cue the let me cue the intro and get into it. What's up, everyone? I'm Ron Carter, and I'm part of an underground movement of entrepreneurs who pride ourselves in giving value over making the sale. We put our message out to the world and let the people we can help come to us. We keep our nose to the grindstone because we know that every piece of content we publish is like a beacon of hope for the people we aim to serve. Unlike traditional marketers, we don't build complicated systems or funnels for the main objective of getting the sale, or cheat by starting off with big piles of venture capital cash. Instead, we provide value, solve problems, build relationships, and most importantly, we empower others to do the same. We focus on contributing rather than converting. We're not in this game just to make money, but to make a difference. We build lifelong fans who we can serve over and over again. You're listening to Ecom Billionaires Podcast, and we are future billionaires. All right, so let's get right into it. The um, What I've been doing the last couple of days, instead of podcast episodes... <laughs> is I did my first webinar, like my first real webinar, not like, hey, I'm going to do a webinar and it's going to be a Facebook Live of me in front of my whiteboard. And uh, because I did one like that in my Facebook group. But see, the thing is, a lot of people, if you've never done a webinar, but you've watched one, most, most likely you have. And if you're not sure what that is, it's just like a web class, like a long, a, a long web training. But most people think that in a webinar you need to teach and you teach a bunch of stuff that people are interested in and then you uh and then you offer like a product afterwards that will that people who are interested in what you're teaching can can purchase and consume and and, and learn even more about and learn how to how to do what you were teaching and what you're talking about and um most people make that mistake uh the mistake of teaching, not selling, but teaching. That's not how, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're actually supposed to tell stories. You're, but there's a methodical way to do it. You're supposed to be 
telling stories that position your product, idea, or service as the solution to the people who are viewing. You, you, you position your stuff as their solution. That, that's what it's about. And um, with your storytelling. And then um, and then you tell three more stories after that that um, kind of like push them over the edge. And what I mean by that is every time, it doesn't matter if somebody likes you or if you know somebody, you like somebody or, or you trust a brand, um, when they position a product that they've created or that they're creating uh, to you and they tell you a story about how it worked for them and about how they did this and how they did that, the first thing that you think is like, what, when they first start telling you about it, you're like, oh, is that even going to work? That's the first thing everybody thinks. Does that thing work? Right, and so the first story you tell is a story about how the thing worked. Imagine that, and then you know the next belief that people usually have is like, oh, like that's great that that worked for Ron, but um, uh, like, is it gonna work for me though? It's not gonna work for me. So now you have to tell a story about how this thing worked for somebody else, or how, or how, if that's the belief that they have. You tell a story that basically whenever they have that kind of a belief, it's because they're telling themselves a story. There's a story behind that belief. They might think that doesn't, that's not going to work for me because I've tried this, this, and this before and that didn't work, you know? And so what you have to do is you have to tell a story that's a better story, a better one than the one they're telling themselves and actually uh, proves their story wrong. You can't prove their story wrong if you don't tell a better story. If you tell a shitty story, um, it's, it's not going to have the depth and weight that's going to make them go with your story over there. So, so the whole point of this is there's like multiple stories that you can tell, um, and you got to tell them in the right order. And uh, and that's what a webinar is. And, and anytime that you're selling anything, there's three major components to to be successful, and that's your hook, your story, and your offer. And your hook is like the headline. Like if you go to the webinar registration page, there's a headline there. It says like how to blank without blank. I think mine is how to sell anything to anyone without having to rack your brain on the copy for weeks. And I need to fix that headline. It's not good enough. I mean, it sounds like, oh, okay, cool. That's not good enough. It should sound like, are you freaking serious? I need to watch that. that that's what it should. That's the invoke that the response that it should invoke. And, and um, the whole point of doing webinars is you don't do them just one time. You do it once, you see the reaction that people are having, and then you fix where the problem is. And so my, my problem is I couldn't get that many people to register. Um, I think I got like eight registrants and uh, that's, not, that's not good. Um, so everything that you use, you write a sales message for. Um, uh, so you write the sales, write one sales message and you get your hook, your story, <coughs> you get your hook and your story out of it. And then you make your offer with the stack slide. Um, and an offer is, it's just a value add. You, you have a product that you're selling or a service that you're selling and you add value to it. And, and it could be with other products. It could be with your time. It could be with training. It could be with your stories that you're telling. Like, you don't actually have to give a whole bunch of other products away. If you're selling physical products, you could just be telling stories about the soap you're selling and have them be short and they don't have to get a whole bunch of other bars of soap and a bunch of other crap with it just for it to be an offer. You've already given them value. 
Um, so that's how that works. And, and, and that's what I've been doing for the last couple of days, as well as going to work, my day job, um, keeping up with uh, some services for another client, and, and um, as well as uh, partnering on, on a new business venture. Um, uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but we're basically doing, um, me and, and another group of people, we're doing um, affiliate marketing. Um, but in the MLM space. So like, and what I mean by that is it, um, we're targeting people who are in MLM to do affiliate marketing for the stuff that we're doing. Basically teaching them how to grow their own personal brand, not depend on their MLM system of promotion and, uh, and be able to basically do, basically do what I'm doing. Like, the same thing that I've done to like, in like over this last year, to position myself as, as somebody that they would want on their team, um, teaching them how to do that, and uh, so that's what I what I've been doing the last couple of days. But I really want to dive into like the the other shit that's going on right now, the personal life shit, like. That's what's going on in the business side, right? I did this webinar on Thursday. I guess I'll give you some more details of what, about what happened on the webinar. The replay is actually running right now. Um, and so webinar, uh, like marketing tactics, um, like how, how it works is you create the webinar, you write your sales message. And so like, as you're writing your sales message, the webinar pages don't even have to be done yet. Like that, that does not come first, building the actual webinar funnel. The first thing that comes is you writing the sales message, figuring out your hook, your story, and your offer, figuring out what stories that you're going to be telling to break all those false beliefs that I was just talking about, and um, figuring out the order of them. And the only way to know if any, if all this stuff is right, is by testing it. And the best way to test it is not by like sending surveys to your audience. That can be a place where you start to see like the the interest of of what you want to sell or how you want to sell it. Um, that's right. You do this before you even make a product. I wonder if you're thinking that, um, you don't figure out what you're going to sell first. If you're selling a digital product, you just, you, you have all your know-how, your skills and your talent and the stuff that you do. And you start asking your audience, you know, the stuff that they would want to learn the most or that, that, that they feel is the most valuable thing that they can get from you. When you ask other people that open-endedly, that's when you're going to start to figure out how you can really help them and what product you should create. So you get that information and then you write your sales message. Um, I'm not going to go into details on how to do that because that is, it's, it's a lot. I already kind of did with the stories, um, but there's a specific way that you tell each story that makes it just easy to be able to write. If you follow, if you follow the, uh, if you follow all the instructions, I should say, um, and all of that is what, uh, not using this to, to promote, but I just want to let you guys know the Expert Secrets Workbook that, that I've talked about in multiple episodes in the past that I created is all about how to write a sales message. It's, it's, that's what I extracted out of Expert Secrets and put into that PDF. Um, so, um, and it's got page numbers to, to the book for reference if you read something that you don't understand. So if you guys want to write a sales message, you want to be able to do it quickly, um, and, and you want to basically, I should say you want to learn 
how to write a sales message quickly because you're not going to do it quick um, on the first uh, try. Uh, I don't want any misconceptions. This is not a shortcut for work. This is a shortcut to, to keep you from making the same mistakes that, that I made and that a lot of other people make on your first try. Doesn't mean that your first try is still going to be good though. Just because you did it in the proper order, what that means is you're going to be able to put it out to the world, test it, see people's reactions, and then use the same system to do it again, but better. That, that's what this allows you to be able to do. And it allows you to be able to do that quickly. So that way you can get through your shitty sales messages until you get to your good one. And now once you get to your good one, like now you're a good sales message writer. All it takes is one good sales message to really launch your business um, or, or your product or your service. Um, even if it's you're writing it for another client, like you get them awesome results. Now you market those results. You market your services and you show people the results that you got for somebody. Um, that, that's how that works. But anyways, so so that's what I was doing. Um, before this webinar, I was creating that product and it wasn't until I used that over and over again to write sales messages for multiple things that worked that I realized like, oh, okay, I made like a for real asset and it taught me how to do this and I should teach people how to go through and use this asset and do everything else that I do that I don't even think about that I've just been doing daily um, to be able to deliver that message. I, I should take people through that process and show them. And that's what Story Selling Hacks is all about. And, and that's the webinar. Um, so that's what I was doing for the last couple of days. And now to get onto a unrelated topic. <laughs> um, a few months back, I told, I told you guys that, uh, oh, I got to go inside and start my laundry. Um, I'm standing outside of my house right now. Uh, this is such an uncomfortable topic, but I'm going to talk about it. So, as you guys may know, I work at the VA hospital, um, like during the day, I'm a marketer by night. Actually, if you don't follow me on social media, you might not know because I don't advertise that that much on the podcast, but, um, you know, uh, back when I was like on drugs and homeless and that job is what got me, uh, stability that, um, and, and of course I didn't get that job before I was ready. I was sober for a while first, um. And that job is what allowed me to kind of have like some stability, but at the same time, um, yeah, this is something that I should share because it's, I, I assume that everybody knows this, but you might not. Like if you took the traditional route of going from high school to college to um, working like data entry and then working your way up, or like that's just one example, or working in an office somewhere for a business that's you know making decent profits and so they're paying you like well um so uh it, any like any job that's like janitor or like any job that you can do anywhere it does not it's not going to pay you well it's not going to pay you well enough to, to to really live like according to cost of living especially in Los Angeles. But to me, when I, when I got this job as a housekeeper, um, I was excited and happy because I can go do something every day and, and get paid every two weeks. And, um, and at the time I was living in, in a rehab when I started working there. Right. So I didn't have any rent. Um, 
I was getting like 800 bucks every two weeks, and that was a lot to me, you know. And, and at the same time, when I was when I was in that rehab, like I I didn't have my stuff all the way together, like so, like I wasn't saving my money. I was going out and doing a bunch of dumb shit. I was not doing any of this marketing or investing stuff. I was focused on trying to get girls, like honestly, like. All like on Tinder, trying to go to coffee shops, and, and you know how awkward it is to like meet up with people and uh, <laughs> and they ask like what you do or what you've been doing, and the only story you really have is like, well, the last like three, four years or so, I just was like doing heroin and, and crazy other stuff and, and living in alleys, but I don't anymore. Now I'm in a rehab, so it's all good, and I'm cool. We can leave the coffee shop. We can go wherever. We can do whatever. Um, I just gotta be back to the rehab by ten. <laughs> like, that's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I was doing that shit, and it's like you can't take a girl home, so you can't have visitors, and it's like, but I'm still acting. <clears throat> Honestly, what I was doing is I was, I was, um, I was not comfortable with myself. I, I, and I was seeking the same escape that I found in drugs through. Casual um, meetups. That, that, that's how I should say that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's basically, long story short, I, I didn't save anything when I was there, and I saved just enough to be able to move out, right? And I, I moved out into where I'm at now, and um, and the rent was like eight fifty, right? You and. I thought I'm not gonna really be able to pay that and do anything. I'm not gonna be able to like have a like get a car or mind you, I still don't have that. And and, and I realized like I'm not gonna really be able to do anything. But at the same time, I kind of outwore my welcome at the rehab. I was there for really long, and they're like, "Dude, you got to go. You got to give your bed up. Somebody else needs it. You don't need it anymore." And I was like, "Okay." And so like. They literally gave me like a month, and this is what I was able to find that quick with what I had in Los Angeles. So I moved in here, and uh, and I thought, well, you know, the rent's kind of high for what I make, but I can always work overtime. Huge mistake, huge mistake, um, budgeting wise, because I, I moved in. It's been some years that I stayed here. But almost the whole time that I've stayed here, I've had to consistently work overtime to uh, make enough to be able to go do things. And so that means like I work every Saturday and then I don't work Sunday. And then that's the day that I could rest slash maybe go do something. And so for a while, um, I had a girlfriend uh, when I when I moved in here for for a while. And I haven't for like the last year, kind of crazy, right? I've just been focusing on myself and doing this stuff and, uh, and just being a person of value and uh and i know with my day job and what i'm doing in the evening i don't really have time to give myself to a person uh in a fair way (laughs) you know um not i mean at least the time to start a relationship like i don't have the time for that right now um so i'm getting way off topic but i moved in here and was under the assumption that i'd be able just work overtime if I had to and and I did and you know as time went on like you know life comes up uh things happen uh one of my relatives passed away um uh my uncle passed a couple years ago and um 
and when he passed, you know, I, I took I got a train ticket to go up to uh, my hometown, San Luis Obispo, about three and a half hours north of LA. And like, I don't have a car, so I couldn't just drive up there and get, you know, buy a couple tanks of gas and get up there. Um, I had to, you know, take, buy a ticket and, and go up there. And then I went from, me and my dad went from San Luis Obispo up to Oakland, because that's where my uncle stayed. That's where everybody on my dad's side of the family lived. So we went up there, visited everybody, uh, went to the funeral. Um, and uh, said our goodbyes and everything, but that cost money, you know, just for me to get the ticket and go up there and not not work overtime that weekend. That was the big thing because I was dependent on that, right? Um, anything that kind of came up and, and made it so that I couldn't work over the weekend would set me back on, on rent um, or on, on my expenses. And, and that's how I was living. And... Um, and I was living like that all the way up, and I, and I still managed to save a little bit because uh, I was working just a lot of overtime. And um, like, but every time I'd save a little bit, something would happen that would drain that uh, that savings, right? And uh, because it was never that much. And so, like, the big thing that happened was me getting hit by a car a uh, year and a half ago, like, to the T. It was um. December of 2017 right now as I'm recording this it's June 15th I believe and uh oh yeah I gotta start my laundry that's why I came in here um so yeah I got hit by that car and when that happened I couldn't work for months like literally months and um I was getting paid my normal pay because I was I was being charged for leave. You know, for when you have a federal job, every paycheck you you accumulate or every pay period, every two weeks, you accumulate a certain number of hours of leave, of vacation time. So it's like every two weeks that I work, I get um, like six hours of sick leave and four hours of regular leave it's two different types like if i call in sick that's sick leave so there's two different like uh think of it almost like two different uh stockpiles you know of vacation time and depending on what you're taking the vacation for that 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 dictates which pile you know they they take that time from so if you don't have any vacation time, you can't take it. You know, you you don't go to work and you don't get paid for the time you're not there. So um, like after I got hit by that car, it used up all of my vacation time from both slots. I, at first I used up all my sick leave that I'd saved up from like four years of working. It was like, it was, it was enough time to not go to work for two months. And um, it was like all in hours, you know, like each day that I'm supposed to work is eight hours. So, uh, I used up all my sick leave, all my annual leave, and at the same time when I was doing that, I was only getting paid my normal pay, not the overtime pay, not the extra 600 a month that I was making from overtime. Actually, it wasn't 600. That's if I worked every single day. It was more like 300 a month. Um, but that was enough for me to, you know, get by and not and barely be above paycheck to paycheck, right? So I'm painting you this whole this picture because it's like, yeah, well. That doesn't have anything to do with what's happening right now, but in a way it does. It's going to help you understand 
the situation that I'm in now and the story that I'm about to tell. And uh, so, long story short, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 honest with you guys. Um, I mean, I always am. That's actually something that I'm trying to stop saying because it's not good in the business environment to say stuff like that because it's like, well, what? So just before you weren't you weren't being honest or or saying stuff like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> it's like saying a statement like that means that you're assuming that normally you would and that's not the case. So, um, so this last year, I haven't been working overtime. That's because I realized that when I'm working every single day, like for me to be able to build a business in my spare time, it's almost impossible. Like I can't, like putting in the time and the effort to be able to grow something that's sustaining um, while working every single day, like I, I couldn't do it. Um, and, and I did, like when I first started the business, I started and I was working overtime. I was working every Saturday. And then on Sunday, I was doing business stuff. And, and that's when I was really inconsistent. And that's when I was coming out with some stuff once a week. And I wasn't really being active on social media. Hey, sorry for the noise in the background, guys. I'm putting quarters in my dryer. So, um, one day, this was uh, a while ago, when I first started this stuff, when I first started affiliate marketing, I, um, I was behind on, on rent and I realized that, um, oh yeah, I was behind. And so I borrowed from somebody, right? Um, and somebody that I knew would, would allow me to borrow from them as long as I paid back 20, you know, 25% interest and I paid it back the next paycheck. So it's almost like a payday loan. You borrow, uh, you borrow 300 next paycheck pay him back 400 shitty right um but you know it 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 makes sense if you're in a tough bind and you need money like right now and you don't have credit because you fucked that all up for um which is what i did do when i was on the street um so it's not like i could just go get a loan or a credit card uh and, and fix this stuff um and mainly that's because I did do that years ago when I had horrible intention and, and fucked it off. So, um, so anyways, uh, I started to make a habit of when I was short to borrow from me, from this dude. Right. And I'm not going to say who it is or anything like that. Um, and anytime I owed somebody like that, where it's not an establishment, it's like from, from my time, like in the street, I knew that shit is more important to pay than anything because a business is not you know you, they might you might end up like getting some bills and, and you have to pay them back and it fucking sucks because they want their money you know they're a business they're an establishment they're, they don't like losses of course but an individual who's operating a questionably legal loan service they might do a little bit more than send you an angry letter, if you if you know what I mean. Um, I'm not saying that this person said that they would, but I've just always operated off that assumption. Like it's just like if you owe the dope man, if you owe the dope man and you can't pay your rent, if you're if you're like selling drugs, you know, you pay the dope man. 
even if you don't know where the fuck you're going to get the rent money, you pay the fucking dope man. Because it's a business that's running off of a whole bunch of illegal shit. And the chances of them doing something about your uh, about your delinquent payment, uh, the chances of that thing that they're doing being illegal too, very high, right? And if you want to, uh, like, lesser of two evils, like, deal with... Uh, you know, trying to figure out rent or pay these people. Um, so I, I map all that out. I say all that because um, something similar happened. And uh, sorry, I have like a really stuffy nose. I was getting over a cold last week too. Um, so um, yeah, basically, ever since I stopped working overtime. Um, I've continually owed, like, I've continually owed something, like, I'm, like, and it's, and, and, um, it finally came to a head, it's almost the exact same situation of somebody that gets payday loans, and and now they're fucked, you know, because it's, like, the payday loan, the interest on the payday loans over time, pretty much, like, fuck them over, and, and now they can't pay the payday loan, or they can't pay the normal bills, and the payday loan, and, and that happens because they keep just getting them, they're just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna get another one, and, and then it ends up just being an extra bill, and if you can't afford your regular shit already, um, then what the fuck do you think an extra bill is gonna do to you? It's gonna, it's gonna blow your shit up, even if you can't see it yet. And so that's what happened. And my shit's blown up right now. And what I mean by that is a whole bunch of hidden meanings in this, right? Even though it sounds like I'm speaking pretty directly. Um, So, long story short, well, can't say that. Um, Long story not as long as it was about to be. Um... I didn't start working overtime again, and, and, you know, my business, I make enough to pay my bills for my business. Like, that's, like, automatic, like, the ClickFunnels bill, my uh, autoresponder, um, sometimes I make a little bit more, sometimes I make a little bit less, or, well, actually, no, I mean, it, it fluctuates a little bit, but it's always enough to pay the bills to keep it going, and so, in my eyes, it's, like, the money that, that comes in from that, it's, I'm, I'm never, there's no fucking way I'm ever gonna take that it's not for me it, 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 it's what keeps this going um, so that eventually it can be more profitable and I can pay myself but if I stop paying that that's never gonna happen right I've already gotten to this milestone of me not having to pay because for a while I was paying all the bills like my click funnels bill my autoresponder bill and not making money right you have to start off paying those you got to pay to play right if I want to like build these websites and, and do this stuff and start affiliate marketing, collecting leads, sending people emails with other offers and other good stuff and giving them the value that, that I know and sharing what I know and what I'm learning, um, you got to pay to be able to do that. And um, you got to pay to be able to learn it. And so I was paying. Um, and when I was paying and doing that, um, I was still working overtime a little bit. And I stopped working overtime because... Uh, I was in a very similar situation to this as, as the one I'm in right now. And I thought, okay, um, 
I was like, oh, I got to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to. So I got to work overtime. And so I worked, I signed up to work overtime every day for the whole month. I was basically working. Uh, it was kind of insane. I was working two hours um, early every day, Monday through Friday. So I was coming in at 5 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. And I was working until 3.30 p.m. Now, mind you, I don't have a car. So I was taking the bus, right? And to get to where I work at 5 a.m. on the bus, even though I only live nine miles away, I had to leave my house by 2 a.m. because I had to transfer buses halfway. And transferring buses in the middle of the night, like the buses only run every 45 minutes. So I would get off of the bus and wait for the next one. I'd literally be standing outside for half an hour um, at 2.30 in the morning um, on near Wilshire. Uh, on Wilford Boulevard waiting for the next bus and um, so long story short Monday through Friday I was waking up at 1.30 a.m. just to get to work by 5 and do two hours of overtime on, on top of my normal shift and that two hours of overtime would net me each day would net me an extra $40 so it's like I'm waking up at 1.30 a.m. for 40 bucks on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday and Friday and on Saturday and Sunday I was working eight hours and I did that for a month straight and when I did that I knew I wouldn't be able to keep up with my business and I only had three podcast episodes out at this time between three and four there's a huge month-long gap and this is what I was doing and, and so I, I was like I need to work overtime because I can't pay this stuff and when I did do that when I was in that month that's when I got a $1,200 commission like the work that I had done already for my podcast and putting stuff out and, and, and you know, sending people through this training that I had, um, it got me a $1,200 commission. Somebody bought tickets to a live event and they paid like five grand for those tickets and they, and they were my affiliate because I had signed them up to a ClickFunnels free trial and they took it and, um, and, uh, yeah, so I realized that day, like, I just made more money today from my business than I'm going to make all month from this overtime. And so that's when I decided to stop working overtime and, um, and like, focus on this stuff, right? And at the same time, let me just, let me really, like, dive into where this went, right? I feel like I've given you guys a, a lot of context to be able to like understand what I'm talking about. And so, basically, I got myself into a similar situation that, that I have been the whole time that I've lived here. And, and um, because I told myself I'm not gonna work overtime, I'm gonna make the money online if I need extra money. But the, the problem with this is like, I need to work overtime for my living expenses, not for my business expenses. And I'm not paying myself for my business yet. So, like, I had this thing in my mind that I'm going to, like, grind it out this weekend. Like, every, almost every day that I'm working on my business, I'm like, I'm going to grind it out this weekend. And, like, the results are going to just come in. They're going to be fucking amazing. And, um, and then I'll be able to pay myself. Like, thinking that I'm going to get to that barrier every day. Um, and making plans off of it, making plans off of it, that's the mistake. Not taking other action, because I think that this is gonna fulfill that need. Um, even though when I look at my past, there's no evidence to support that yet. I mean, 
really there is I'm getting paid already but um I almost look at it like just because the business is getting paid for it does not mean that the next dollar that comes in is going to be mine. No, that's going to have to go to marketing to grow the thing. And so that's been my mistake because for a while I was paying back everything from the business and then taking the extra like 30 bucks profit that I make and then applying that to my bills in my life because I kind of had to, you know, and, and, and that's why it hasn't grown or that's why it's growing not as quickly as I would like. But the name of the game is patience, right? And so I'm in the same situation right now. And, and right now I'm in a spot where, um, where you know, I owed, uh, I owed somebody some money and, and um, I couldn't pay all of it to him on one paycheck, like, he, like how he wanted, you know? And at the same time, rent was due, right? Bad situation. Okay, I get one check. And I got and I gotta pay two bills that are around the same price, right? And so um, I like talked with both of them, like my landlord and the and the other guy, and I paid each of them, but not enough, right? And what ended up happening from this? This set off a chain reaction because each of these people have late fees, right? And so I paid a portion so they can have money because I'm like, I feel bad. But and at the same time, I like I started this process of withdrawing like a thousand bucks out of my retirement. It's all I really could. Um, and uh, and I'm, I still don't have it yet, but I thought that that would come quick. And, and it turns out that's not even going to come for like another couple weeks. So that's not going to solve this problem um, because this whole problem started weeks ago. Right. And so, because I only paid a portion, the dude that I owed money to that's running the illegal kind of thing, I shouldn't say that, uh, what am I talking about? Not that, um, I didn't mention his name, <laughs> um, but the dude that I was talking about that's running the, the questionable business, I should say, um, yeah, he tacked on interest fees and at, at the same time let me know that, hey man, it's just not cool, like, um, you guys can, you guys can figure out what I mean by that. He let me know. Shit is not cool, dude. Um, you, I mean, you've been good for a while. Every time you owe me something, you've always paid me. It's always been on time. And I let him know what's going on. I said, even if I work overtime every day, I wouldn't be able to pay it like that quick. It's gonna, I gotta work out a plan. And so he said, yeah to that. But then he said, I don't care what's going on with with your with your life and your in your business and all this other stuff. That's your problem. And, and for real, actually, he didn't say that. I said that to him. I said, this is my problem. It's not yours. So he, he accepted me giving him uh, payments, but he didn't want no small payments. He wanted like a, cut, a few payments. And, and so I, I've been giving those to him. But that set off a chain reaction of me not being able to pay any of my other stuff. And so now now. A month has gone by and late fees have racked up on both ends to the point where yesterday when I got my check for my job I looked at um, I looked at the late fees from both parties and how much it is and I took into account um, okay how long am I how long is it gonna take for me to pay this off if I'm giving my entire check and the answer was like multiple checks, right? 
And I realized that the late fees that are going to rack up over that time are going, it's not going to be just two or three checks. Because two or three checks is a month, month and a half. And the late fees that are going to rack up from that, you know, by the time that that goes by, there's going to be another rent due. And like every day that I don't pay my rent on time by, by the first of the month in full is an extra 10 day is an extra $10 per day. So I'm mapping all this out to say like this came to a head where it's like I realized like I can't pay all this like because I, I don't have it and um, credit's fucked from my previous life so I can't just like go get a loan for that stuff um, even though I've been paying uh, bills and stuff on time you know other than this shit uh, um, that's something that's going to go by you know fix itself over time you know you can't just um you can't just fix your credit from like years of of being negligent like like that um so i realized like the only way for me to be able to pay you guys what i owe you is i'm gonna have to find a spot to live that has for for a lot cheaper find a find a place that that's not a thousand bucks a month um and uh like find a room a room that i can rent or that i can share even you know a few hundred bucks 300 bucks um a month and that way and and i talked to my landlord and i said hey um find a room for you know two three hundred bucks i can move out and I can pay you what I owe you right now in installments because I went over all this with him yesterday. I said, look, like the the, the amount that I owe you right now, and with the late fees racking up, this is going to be a continual thing. Like every month, I'm going to be behind, and then the late fees are going to rack up, and then I'm going to pay that off, and then as soon as I do, there's going to be another rent due, and then I'm just going to be giving you all my money, um, and I'm not going to be able to eat or do anything, and. Um, and I said, even if I shut my business down and I just took the profits that are coming in every month, because those are still residually coming in. But if I shut everything down and I stop paying for everything, that's only going to be like an extra 200 a month. That's not going to like pay for all this stuff. And, and, and be honest with you guys, like I, I, I wouldn't do that anyways. It's, um, it'd be one thing if I was you know, I don't have any employees or anything like that. So it's just me. But still, um, this is what I know I want to do. There's no way that I'm going to shut that down for to get that 200 bucks. I know that I can use the system that I created to make that eventually, you know. Uh, but I'm not counting on that to get me out of this situation. Um, so right now, something that I've also been doing along with that webinar that I created um, and... Uh, just so you guys know, I've been wanting to do that webinar for like the last seven months. It kind of, it took this situation for me to realize that I can, and the only thing that's been holding me back is my own self-doubt. And I'm not going to get good at webinars and actually be successful with them until I start doing my first, basically, shitty ones that don't convert or that don't get people even registered, you know, because you don't learn how to do things good until you get through the shitty you know your first time you ever shot a basket like shooting basketball the first time that you tried to throw a basketball into a hoop i bet it was terrible like your very first attempt ever 
You know, you might have been three or four or a kid, and it only went a couple feet in the air. But my point exactly, it sucked. Um, <laughs> and that's just how life goes. You don't get good at something automatically. Even the people who are really talented, they still put in the time and the effort. The talent just means they're able to pick it up quick. Doesn't mean that the first time it was good. And so, um, this situation kind of forced me to get resourceful with what I have and be able to do the webinar. What's been holding me back from doing webinars is the fact that I can't screen record on my computer because my computer's a little older. And so, I can't make slides and do it like the easy way where you have slides that are coming up and you're screen recording and your voice is talking over the slides. And because that way you have you can have notes next to you, you can know exactly, it's way easier, you know? But, so I realized that what I could do is film myself and get a, like a, a tripod and a flip chart. And instead of having slides, I can have uh, pieces of paper on the flip chart with the headlines that are supposed to be on each slide. Um, and so that's how I did it. And that's how I'm going to be doing it until I can afford to, you know, get myself a better computer whenever, whenever that is. And um, so all of this is happening at the same time. And, and right now, my plan for living is uh, what I went over with my landlord is find a place that I can move in that's cheaper. And um, I'm selling all my stuff so I don't have to move a bunch of junk that I don't really want. You know, I've accumulated so much of this stuff from, you know, from when I was in the rehab to like just buying other stuff when I was here. And uh, so now um, I'm in the process of selling all that stuff, like all these extra t-shirts that I have, I have a bunch of really cool t-shirts, um, like really like rare, like designed from one of my friends who uh, who uh, collected a lot of t-shirts. He, he's like a, a t-shirt like collector, right? And he had so much that he, he gave me, he literally shipped me a box, like full of them, right? And there were some like really awesome designs and cool brands. I got a bunch of compliments, like the few times that I actually wore these. And, um, but I, I only wore a few of them and they've just been in this drawer. And uh, so I'm gonna release them to you guys. I'm gonna put them up. I'm, I'm thinking about either starting an Etsy store or a Shopify store. Uh, I, I might go Etsy or, or I might just put them um, on Facebook Marketplace, I might put them in multiple places, but the the whole the whole thing for this store, it's called um, Only One Tees, um, and that's because there's only one. Every shirt, every design that you see, every picture, if you see the picture up, you better order it because there's only one in stock. And I was thinking after I get through all these shirts that I actually have, I might turn it into something where I go out in LA and I look for like really vintage cool shirts and some of like uh i don't need to say where and but then that's how i can put up new merchandise on this if people keep getting them and i can sell them for like you know nine bucks and uh you know a decent price for a t-shirt and yeah so i'm gonna sell all those um, i'm gonna sell my electronics my tv my xbox all that stuff because i don't use it i don't need it and um and that way i'll be able to take that money and give it to uh you know pay these bills off and I'm going to move into somewhere that's uh, a lot cheaper. I'm actually meeting up with somebody in about an hour. I got to cut this short because um, we're going to go look at, at some places uh, that I might be able to, to get into before the month is over. Because um, the plan is to sell all this stuff and, and move out and get into um, the either shared living space or, or cheaper living space or reduced cost. Um, 
because they do have programs for people that are making, you know, like what I make and uh, for stuff like that. And I just didn't look into any of those or, or try to do any of that stuff because I was just, I needed to move out of the rehab and I wanted to do it my own way. But because of that, I was like working years, spending all my time at work. And there's other things that I can do to help to be able to like live a comfortable life and um, work my normal schedule, pay off these debts, and still continue with my business in the evening. Um, but the first step in being able to do that is selling all this stuff that I have so that I don't have to take it from here to there. And so that I don't throw it away. Like, like I, I see resources now. I used to, when I used to move and do stuff like this, I would just throw a bunch of crap away. But now I'm knowing that, like, just because I don't want it doesn't mean that that there aren't other people that want this stuff. And there's other people that are willing to pay. This stuff isn't broken. It's fine. It all works great. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm about to hop in the shower and uh, and get ready for the day, Saturday morning. And about to go meet up in, uh, with one of my friends um, and, and look for some spots. Um, and uh, take a bunch of pictures of some t-shirts and merchandise. So it's crazy because like this is happening, but still at the same time, I'm gonna be doing my weekly webinar. I'm still keeping up with all the business stuff um, in the evening. Uh, yeah, so I feel like that's why it's so important to share all this with you guys because there's so many people that talk about like, oh, like my cat got sick and I had to take her to the vet and so, I shut the business down because I'm not making any money with it. And just the, the vet bill for my cat's flu was, it was just too much emotionally. And, you know, the toll, I, I just can't do it anymore. Like, bullshit. Bullshit. Because if you really like this stuff and you like, if you love what you're doing, like, you're going to be able to do it regardless of what the situation is. Like, I know that the only thing that I need is my clothes that I wear, my laptop, my phone, and my flip chart, and my, and my easel, <laughs> and, and, my, and my chargers. That's all I need to run my business. Maybe my whiteboard, too. Like, that's the stuff that I really want to bring and take with me. Everything else must go, you know? Uh, it's funny, I'm sitting here looking around in my room as I say that. Uh, and uh, the place that I live is, is furnished, the place that I live right now. So I don't have to worry about, like, getting rid of furniture and figuring out what I'm going to do with all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, that means that I don't have my own bed. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff to figure out and two weeks to do it. Um, that's why there hasn't been a podcast that episode for the last couple of days. Um, but I'm going to keep publishing about this. I'm going to keep talking about this. This is my story. So uh, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. Um, and I feel like I feel like it's going to be a very important piece to um, to my success in the future. I feel like um, I feel like it's going to be a pivotal moment because once I can pay, once once everybody's paid off, I'm going to be able to save. I'm going to be able to stop being behind, and that means I'm going to be able to take that little fifty or thirty bucks that I'm making in profit from the business and, and invest it instead of you know using it to pay 
bills for stuff that I need, you know, or, or go get food or groceries, which, which is what I've been doing with it. And, um, and that way I'll be able to keep that separated because, you know, if your personal life is, if your personal life is in shambles, like if you start a business, your business is going to be in shambles too. Even if you think that it's doing great, um, or that it's moving forward. And so I know that once I rectify this and, I, and I'm in a spot where I can be like emotionally, um, just comfortable all the time in my own place where I'm staying and I don't feel like there's something I need to do or that I'm behind on this or this is awkward because of that. I can just go home and ah, and I know that everything's above board with everybody. Like the, that peace of mind, that peace of mind is what's going to be like the fertile ground for creativity. So really excited just to share this with you guys and, and, uh, and also to like present a positive attitude. Like I was talking to my landlord about this last night. We talked for a few hours last night about this stuff. And, and, you know, one thing that we both kind of agreed on is like, yeah, this is going to be hard and, you know, it's going to be tough for you, like this transition and but if you can get through like about homeless being a homeless heroin addict, and, and I and I always say like the word homeless in that because I don't want people to think that I was like what I'm trying to do now is find like a reduced living situation or like a roommate or something like that. Technically, that's homeless, right? But when when I say homeless heroin addict, I mean sleeping in an alley with nowhere to go, like actually outside. Like when I was dealing with that. And, and waking up with a huge monkey on my back um, and, and not taking any action to rectify the situation at all. Like right now, my whole day is about rectifying every day. You know, that I was doing the exact opposite every day. I was still digging myself deeper into the hole every day when I was living outside, you know. Um, so doing that, getting through that, knowing that I can make it through that you just take the actions that you can take that are going to you know lead you towards your solution today if you do that today if all you think is you know, like you know today i'm going to take the required action like I, i'll chill out you know like there's two days during the week that i can rest and not do any of this stuff and that's yesterday and tomorrow and, and if you use that statement every day but you're always going to be taking action taking the required action to get you through whatever's going on and that's the attitude that i've adapted for this situation that's the attitude that i'm going to keep and um and i hope you guys do too for whatever challenges that you're facing hope you guys are having an awesome saturday an awesome day this one went kind of long but i feel like i had some real shit to talk about um yeah Hope you guys enjoy. Share the episode. If you, if there's anybody that you think um, this is going to be able to like help, if there's anybody that you know that might be in a similar situation, or if, you, or maybe you have yourself and you made it out of that, um, share this episode on your favorite platform. Uh, make sure you tag me in it uh, and hashtag Ecom Billionaires, and you know, tell us a little story. Let us know. Uh, let us know what situation you made it through or, or what challenges that you've, that you've, um, hurdled over, um, in, in your life, because all this stuff is, it's so positive and it's so powerful, uh, especially for other people who are 
in situations like mine right now, who feel like there is no way out or or there is no hope, and they and they turn to they keep digging like what I used to. We want we want them to throw their shovels down and climb out of that hole, because um, all it takes is the effort, the time, and the persistence. Right. So, yeah. Post this on your on your social if you can do that. I'd be so appreciative. Share it with the world. Um, yeah, tag me in it. And super appreciative that you guys are listening. Hope you're having a good one. Thanks for listening to my future billionaires. Super stoked to have you listening to the podcast. I hope you got massive value out of this episode. Uh, One thing that I can do, if you guys got some value out of this and you think that it's going to help any of your friends or family or other people that are trying to accomplish these same goals with their business, uh, share the podcast. Take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now and uh, post it on your preferred social media. Um, You post it on your preferred social media, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, tag me in it and make sure to hashtag Ecom Billionaires and I'll show it some love. Can't wait to see you in the next episode.